Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. This is the post-game podcast for the Timberwolves' thrilling win over the Oklahoma City Thunder on Tuesday night. The Wolves maintain the number one spot in the West. It was a defensive slugfest. We'll break down everything that happened. Plus, Anthony Edwards' scary injury in the third quarter uh, ended up with a hip contusion. We'll talk through that. We'll also talk about clutch Troy Brown Jr. and Nas Reed in the fourth quarter that helped the Wolves get this thing to the finish line. It's all upcoming. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day. And it is a victory Wednesday after a huge Timberwolves win over the OKC Thunder on Tuesday. The Wolves holding on to the top spot in the Western Conference in what was probably, their, all things considered, their most impressive win of the season so far. Uh, a list of impressive wins that keeps growing. We'll break the whole thing down, including the Anthony Edwards injury and clutch moments from some uh, some role players, frankly. Also, Good moments for the Wolves' best players, too, once Ant left the game. We'll, we'll talk about it all on the show here today. First of all, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at my account, which is at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. This game, as we talked about on Tuesday's show, previewing the matchup was it, 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 um, was a tantalizing game to begin with. Of course, the Wolves played the Thunder, beat the Thunder in the play-in last year in the second the second play-in game, right? OKC beat New Orleans. The Wolves lost the Lakers. Then Minnesota uh, really had a pretty easy time of OKC in that play-in game. Of course, this year, the Wolves have been in first in the West. OKC's in second in the West. You have the local kid, Chet Holmgren, who's outplayed Victor Wimbanyama's in terms of the best rookie so far in the league this season. Uh, obviously, only, what, you know, 15 games in or whatever, uh, eight, eight, 17, 18 games in. Um, and of course, you got SGA, who's pretty unequivocally a top 10 player. I would argue probably top seven or eight player in the entire league right now. So it's a tantalizing matchup on, on paper. And then you add in the fact these are two of the better defensive teams in the entire league by almost any measure. And the 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 one stat where they both really, it, it jumps off the page, is that these are two of the top three teams in terms of defensive effective field goal percentage. So uh, essentially opponent shooting efficiency. Overall defensive efficiency, the Thunder are number six, the Wolves are number one coming into this game. It depends on what site you look at, but uh, Basketball Reference has the Wolves at one, OKC at, at, uh, at six. The Wolves are at number one in effective field goal percentage, still holding teams below 40, 50%, excuse me, on the season. The Thunder are just behind them at number three. This is a phenomenal matchup, and it's exactly what we were treated to on Tuesday night. This was not an offensively inept performance by either side. This was simply clinically strong defense. I mix metaphors, but you know what I mean. <laughs> clinically strong, I think, works too. Phenomenal defense from both teams. Um, like, just across the board in this game. And, and yeah, the Wolves scored 19 in the first quarter. It wasn't a clean offensive quarter. Uh, the Thunder only scored 17 in the third quarter, right? The second quarter featured a little bit more scoring. The fourth quarter was just kind of back and forth. A lot of free throws, a lot of made threes. The shot making in the fourth was impressive. It was, the fourth quarter was uh, one of the better just 
better played quarters of basketball for both the Wolves and their opponent that we've seen this year. I mean, it was a balanced quarter. We had role players making plays. We had the Wolves changing defensive coverages. We had, um, you know, coaches playing chicken with putting stars back in the game. And of course, Ant unavailable for the Wolves. And uh, like, just the whole thing was so much fun. Um, I want to do, I don't always do like a blow by blow game flow for every game because it's just, it's a lot, right? If you're listening to this, you probably watch or listen to the show, right? Or to the game. Um, but I want to hit a couple of things here. So early in the game, the Wolves struggled in the first quarter. And Shagel just Alexander pretty much had his way when Nikhil Alexander-Walker was guarding him. Of course, they're cousins. Last year in the play-in, Alexander-Walker was fantastic on SGA. In this game, Gilgis Alexander, especially late in the first quarter, it was like a two or four-point game with like a minute and a half left in the first. The Thunder go on a bit of a burst and finish the first quarter up 10. And SGA got the better of Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Alexander Walker came back in the second half, did a better job. Um, up until the injury, Anthony Edwards got some cracks at SGA. Mike Conley guarded him for a while. Um, you had brief moments with Troy Brown Jr. in the mix, too. Um, and SGA was just really, really good, especially early in this game. At halftime, the Timberwolves were down eight. Um, third quarter, when Anthony Edwards gets hurt, the Wolves are down by four points. Ant goes up for a dunk. I forget who actually fouled him, and he lands on Jalen Williams. Somebody else uh, fouled his arm. Let's see if I can pull it up real quick here. Somebody else grabbed his arm, so he lost the ball on the way up and crashed down on the floor, landed to the side of Jalen Williams, and ends up um, and ends up you know hurting his hip. And ultimately, the Wolves were saying after the game it was a hip contusion, which uh, yeah, I mean like it it had to have been right. Um, Let's see, uh, who fouled him? It was Kenrick Williams, Kenrick Williams that fouled him. And he lands really hard and, and does the whole, you know, it was going to get helped off the floor, came back, shot the free throws, and then had to ask out of the game a couple of possessions later, which was is completely unlike Anthony Edwards, right? There was that game last year when it looked like he had a severely sprained ankle, came back and played later in the same game. This was different. And obviously, you don't want to mess around with hip stuff. And, and we'll see. We'll see. The Wolves don't play again for two nights, but I would be shocked if he's out there on Thursday. Like, uh, just let him get his rest. Um, you know, this is a, a little bit of a softer part of the schedule here upcoming. And the Wolves played well without him, too. Um, obviously, you'd rather have him on the court, but just be safe, right? Um, here's hoping that that's all it is, is a hip contusion and that it can go away with rest. But it looked really bad, like um, like a really hard fall, pretty much all of his weight just down on his right hip. Uh, so it leaves the game with, just under three minutes to play in the third quarter. Wolves are down 76-72 at that point in time. Obviously, they outscore the rest of the way. The Wolves outscore the Thunder by seven to win the game by three. But what was most impressive was the fourth quarter, what the role players did. And if you didn't watch the game and you just glanced at the box score, you'd say, oh, man, Conley only had nine points. Um, you know, he was three of 14 shooting the ball. Towns was 13 and 10 and was in some foul trouble. He turned it over six times. Like, what a man, how did they win this game? You still got 21 from Ant. He was starting to take the game over just prior to that injury, right? I didn't mention that. He hit a couple of big threes right when things were teetering around 10 points, hit a couple of big threes, was getting to the line a bunch, got teed up because he he wanted to get to the line more. Um, and you wouldn't think that Towns and Conley did all that much, but they were both actually really good in this game. However, for a stretch, because of Towns' foul trouble, um, and also like Conley can knock down shots usually, he was shooting insanely well from three coming into the game, struggled in this game. He's still not supposed to be your high usage guy. He's not supposed to finish second on your team in shot attempts like he did in this game. So you have to rely on somebody else. I'll tell you who they were not playing to rely on was Troy Brown Jr. 
and even Nas Reed to an extent. Um, but the fourth quarter ended up just being kind of this, like, as I said earlier, just a really well-played frame of basketball. A defensive slugfest is how I describe this thing off the top, and that's what the fourth quarter was. It was quite literally back and forth. Neither team got up by more than four points, I think, ever in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Wolves briefly led by five with just under five minutes to play, um, and then again with with three minutes to play. But it was, it was just who's going to hold serve, or like will the next team hold serve? And it was possession after possession. The Wolves tried mixing in zone. The zone, actually, I want to talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. The zone worked pretty well overall until Aaron Wiggins hit a couple of corner threes. That's obviously a soft spot in the zone is if if you play a well, a good passing team that knows how to exploit a zone, you can get the ball in the middle of the, in the, middle of the floor, kick it to the opposite corner uh, quickly and get yourself an open three. And that's exactly what happened. But ultimately, it was Rudy Gobert that had such an impact on the defensive end of the floor that really um, that really helped this thing end up in, in in the right column for the Wolves. So I want to I want to break down the fourth quarter defense. I want to shout out the guys, especially Nas Reed and Troy Brown Jr., what they did off the bench and why Conley and Cat were better than the box score indicates. Uh, there's still a lot to get to. I want to do individual studs and duds here at the end, we'll, we'll, but there's so much to get to before I get to that. So um, all that is upcoming here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Let's talk about Gordon Hayward, and I'll tell you why. Because the Wolves are actually going to be taking on the Charlotte Hornets here uh, like three games from now. And if and, and if Hayward was dropped in your league because of a slower start to the season, he should be grabbed now that LaMelo Ball is out with an ankle injury. So don't leave Gordon Hayward out there on the waiver wire. Go pick him up um, if you can. And, and again, pay attention when the Wolves play the Hornets here in a few games. Uh, maybe, maybe pick him up. Don't start him when you play the Wolves or when your team... Don't start him when the Hornets play the Wolves here in a few games. Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And it's the exact same with your vehicle. We've all had, uh, you know, our first car. Mine was a Mercury Tracer. Um, and I wanted to keep that thing running as long as I possibly could. Um, we've all been there. We've all had a vehicle that we love more than any other. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Wolves' fourth quarter defense. It was phenomenal. Uh <laughs> In short, in a word, it was phenomenal. Um, the activity level of the Timberwolves defense in the second half of this game was completely off the charts, and it was absolutely keyed by Rudy Gobert. There are two possessions that stick out in my head in, in which Rudy Gobert uh, was 
beyond active and contested multiple shots in the paint and on the perimeter. One of them actually, one of them finished with, well, they both finished with no actual box score stats for Rudy Gobert. One of them actually ended in a Chet Holmgren dunk that was kind of sort of a poster on Rudy Gobert. But so that possession, they were actually really similar possessions and you could pick almost any OKC offensive possession in the fourth quarter, really the second half when Rudy was on the floor, you'll see the same thing. But Rudy was literally contesting. Um, he was he was contesting in the paint. He was going out to contest the three under control, you know, uh, carries uh, is carried into the paint and ends up deterring shot attempts. Like literally the Thunder are not attempting shots uh, because Rudy's there, gets kicked back out, and then he's contesting another shot in the corner. Like he's back and forth all over the perimeter um, or all over the, 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 not just the perimeter, the entire, the entire, like, the paint extending out to the three-point line, the entire court, really. Um, just incredible mobility and length. Um, he blocked a Chet Holmgren shot down the stretch in the paint, which is not an easy thing to do, given how high that release point is. I mean, for the game, Rudy still had four blocks, but he his impact on this game was completely off the charts. It was immeasurable, unless you just simply look at... Um, at the fact that the Wolves were plus five in the fourth quarter, right? Like that's the easiest way to tell you how good Rudy Gobert was defensively in this game. Um, go back and watch some of those possessions. There's one that I saw floating around on Twitter. It's one of the ones I mentioned um, where he, uh, it might've been, it might've been, um, I can't remember who, who tweeted it out, um, where he was literally contest, like three different contests on the same possession. The other one, Chet ends up getting a dunk on the baseline, but it was still a great defensive possession for the Wolves and for Rudy Gobert. The hustle Troy Brown Jr., displayed the obviously Mike Conley always doing that whether it was Nas or Carl Anthony Towns their activity their length was everywhere um the Wolves went to a zone for stretches it worked extremely well and and really kind of discombobulated OKC and it was an interesting choice uh well the Thunder don't shoot a ton of threes they're actually number one in the entire league in three-point percentage as a team coming in, 40.5% on the season and they still shot 36.7% in this game uh, so it was a bit of a gutsy call by Chris Finch to do that, but it worked for the most part, right? I mean, other than that Aaron Wiggins kind of flurry there mid, mid fourth quarter, the Wolves were up four after a Troy Brown left corner three. OKC comes down, they rotate the ball, they get Wiggins in open three in the corner. He makes it. It's now one point lead again. A couple possessions later, Gobert gets a dunk. Wolves are back up three and Wiggins in the exact same spot, the same corner, Basically, the exact same possession for OKC. He gets an open three. He knocks it down. It's a tie game. And then the Wolves go away from the zone, which was the right call at that point. But it took until then for OKC to show that they could beat it comfortably um, and and be willing to take to generate and then take that open open corner three. That leads into the Nas Reed conversation because that's when like this game gets tied back up with six minutes to play and. You know, no Anthony Edwards at the mo- at that time. Carl Anthony Towns is off the floor. He's got four fouls. You're a little bit concerned about what happens next. Instead, it's Nas Reed making a really difficult kind of a hook shot off, banking it off off the uh, the window from the right side of the paint. Um, Isaiah Joe comes down, makes a mid range shot on the other end, and then Nas hits a tough. It was a mostly open, I guess, three from the from the right wing. The Thunder had Josh Giddy guarding Nas Reed, and Nas had just tried to take him off the dribble in the last possession, and and ended up making that. Um, that tough hook. And I think the possession before he tried to take him off the dribble from the corner. And so Giddy gave him too much of a cushion for a guy shooting like 40% basically from three this year. Giddy gives him a cushion. Nas knocks it down and OKC has to call a timeout. Wolves up three with five minutes to play. It was, 
a really important five point run by Nas sandwiched around that Joe, you know, two pointer in, in between there. But Nas was, that was a really big moment where this thing could have gone off the rails. Tie game, no towns in the game, no ant in the game. Um, and, and yet, instead, you get Nas doing what Nas does offensively. And the Wolves ended up stretching their lead to five before the Thunder scored again. They were up five with four minutes to play. Uh, they had a couple of rough offensive possessions. Conley missed uh, a three in transition. Uh, the Wolves throw the ball away, and then Check gets his dunk on the other end. And this thing kind of goes back and forth between two and three and five points. And then ultimately down the stretch, it's Troy Brown Jr. knocking down a free throw to make it a four-point game. And then when it's back to a two-point game, Troy Brown Jr. bails the Wolves out at the end of the shot clock. There were actually three or four seconds left of the shot clock with a deep, almost a 30-footer from really the left wing. Deep, deep three. One of the only non-corner threes that he's taken in a Wolves uniform. Knocks it down to make it a five-point game. Of course, it was never that simple. The Thunder pushed back. Brown actually made another bucket. Towns hit a couple of big free throws. And then he... Troy Brown hits one of two with four seconds left to make it a three-point game. And then ultimately, SGA misses at the buzzer as, or just prior to the buzzer as the Wolves win. So, um, But I want to shout out that Nas, those Nas possessions. With Towns off the floor, it was actually like maybe the I, one of the first times I've ever thought when I saw Towns coming back in the game, like maybe you just stick with Nas here. Nas was playing that well. He was phenomenal in this game. We'll talk more about him in studs and duds. I don't know that I can hold myself to only three studs after this particular game because there were so many positive individual performances, even if the box score doesn't completely jump out, right? There's only one guy over 20 points, um, you know, like it, it just, but Nas was really, really good. Troy Brown Jr. in the fourth quarter, I, already, I just listed most of the shots he made, but again, his activity level was so impressive, just flying around the court, contesting shots, trying to get into passing lanes, um, you know, getting hands on balls, just like, it's that it's the uh, the the do stuff ability. I talked about a bunch in the offseason that the Wolves were lacking last year with no Jared Vanderbilt, no Patrick Beverly. It's that um, um, I don't want to say edge because that implies more just like straight toughness and getting in guys' faces, but that type of mentality that this team just missed last year. And Troy Brown, it's he played in the first two games when McDaniel's was out. Then when McDaniel's came back, he was out of the rotation entirely except for garbage minutes. And um, or was out of the rotation entirely, didn't play really at all except for garbage minutes. Now he's back in the rotation. And I just I know he's not a starter like he was in L.A. for a good chunk of last year, but he does so many good things. And, and, and I know Lakers fans would say this was the good version. There's a good and a bad version of Troy Brown, as there is of basically every player. But this is something that this Wolves team needs more of. Um, and he did it to a T. I want to talk about Mike Conley. He's not going to hit studs or duds. He just missed too many shots to be a stud in this game, but he had a good game. Nine and eight for Mike Conley, zero turnovers. And this is the rare game where I would tell you to ignore the three of 14 from the field and look at the plus minus. Like it's completely anti me on this podcast. If you've listened to the show for however long, I hate individual players, single game plus minus. And I think shooting efficiency really matters. So nine, nine points at 14 shots. Sorry, Minnesota, Mike, that's not going to get it done. However, the plus 17 was legit in this game, especially with no Anthony Edwards. Mike Conley was the steady hand, the straw that stirs the drink, whatever you know phrase you want to use there. Mike Conley was that for the Wolves, and that plus 17 mattered. It was a real plus 17. Nine and eight, zero turnovers for Mike Conley in this game. He played a team high 37 minutes to match his age. I think he's 37, right? Um, 
a, a really good Mike Conley game. Like that was a really important um, performance from Conley. Same thing for Carl Anthony Towns. Not in exactly the same way because he turned it over six times. But the numbers don't jump off the page. And, and the foul trouble wasn't great. The offensive fouls, the six turnovers, the whining to the officials. But he also was the only other Timberwolves player with a plus minus better than a plus one in this game. I mean, nine players played for the Wolves. Seven of them were plus one or worse. Mike Conley was a plus 17. Carl Anthony Towns was a plus 12. Cat was eight of eight from the free throw line. And the Thunder, I thought, made a huge blunder, by the way, uh, for as good of a coach as Dagno is. Um, Minnesota's up two, like real quick. Minnesota's up two with 26 seconds left. The Thunder elect not to foul, which I'm okay with. But you just got to know you're going to get a, you have to get a rebound, which I guess if you're OKC, they're the league's worst rebounding team. Maybe I'm less confident about that if I'm Dagno. But that's what it seemed like he was doing. And then they wait until Carlton Towns gets the ball and they follow him with 12 seconds left. So you either follow right away and you try to not follow Towns, who's one of the league's best free throw shooters this year, 91% coming in, or you don't follow at all. Instead, they waste 14 seconds, follow a 91% free throw shooter and and cat ends up making them both and i know they the thunder still ends up with a chance you know to, to tie it at the buzzer but they didn't play that right and cat was fantastic knocked down those free throws never looked for a moment like he wasn't cool and comfortable in that moment 13 and 10 for cat three assists he did have the six turns which is not what you want but the eight of eight from the line was huge um so good you know big moments for those vets for conley and for cat and, and that that really helped kind of to cement this victory. I want to talk at the end here about studs and duds and a couple other kind of box score stuff that we'll get to here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Of course, NFL action returns Thursday night. That's tomorrow. Uh, You got big weekend in college football with the title games for each each conference happening over the next few days. And then uh, NFL football Sunday and Monday. Next week, I believe the NFL mixes in some Saturday games as we get into December and there's no college football regularly on the weekends. Um, And then, of course, the peak of NBA season. The in-season tournament continues next week with the knockout uh, quarterfinal, semifinal, whatever. Uh, in Vegas next week, too, the Wolves will have a couple of games, non-tournament games, but games added to their schedule. So plenty of fun NBA to bet on as well. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and, and continue your NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's close this thing out by talking some individual studs and duds. We'll do that first, and then I want to get into a couple of bat, of, uh, of box score items. So studs, for me, you have to start with Rudy Gobert. I talked about his defense. He was phenomenal in this game. 17 points, 16 rebounds, four blocks in this game for Rudy Gobert. Only one turnover. He mixed in a steal and a, a fast break dunk uh, to boot. That was a first half, you know, uh, Picked off a pass from SGA, took it the distance for a dunk. Five of six at the free throw line. Don't lose sight of that either. That was big. The Thunder intentionally wrapped him up three separate times in this game versus give up a dunk, and he made five of six free throws, which is is really big. I talked already about his defensive activity. The four blocks do not do it justice. He was so good in this game defensively, completely deterred any sort of action around the rim. Uh, OKC ended up with only, what was it, 32 points, I think, in the paint. 
uh, 36 points in the paint for this game. Um, and, and yeah, OKC is a smaller team, right? Uh, but you still have to you still have to put in the work. And we know the Wolves have got out rebounded by poor rebounding teams in the past. The Wolves ended up being a plus 15 on the glass in this game, and Rudy had 16 himself. Fantastic Rudy Go Bear game. Talked already about Troy Brown Jr. and Nas Reed. Those are my other two studs. Uh, Troy Brown had 17 points on five of six shooting, three of four on threes, four of six at the free throw line, three boards, only one turnover in 21 minutes for Troy Brown Jr. One of just nine guys to see minutes for the Wolves in this game. And he saw extended minutes late because of the Anthony Edwards injury. Um, also, of course, the uh, the absence of Jaden McDaniels. Um, uh, interesting note, by the way, some of the closing, the, the, the subbing back and forth offense defense was a bit more typical, but... For stretches, the Wolves had Anderson and um, they really closed with Kyle Anderson and Troy Brown Jr. on the floor. Nikhil Alexander-Walker off the floor. Na, uh, Na was having a tough night shooting the ball. was only one of five outside the arc. Um, and defensively, again, wasn't great early in the game, got better as the game went on. But Troy Brown was doing just as much and the Wolves just switching stuff and, and zoning and you know doing some of those playing zone for chunks of the fourth quarter. It, it just made sense to have Troy Brown, who was the hot hand, frankly, offensively, was doing a little bit more in terms of um, um, activity level off the ball to have him on the floor and Kyle Anderson, who could also help initiate some offense and gives you that length and, and um, you know ability defensively as well. Nas Reed, 15 points on six of nine shooting, was three of four outside the arc, knocked down that big three in the fourth quarter. Nas had, what, seven fourth quarter points, I think is what I had. Seven in the fourth for Nas, 12 in the fourth for Troy Brown Jr. They combined for 19 of the Timberwolves' 30 fourth quarter points. That's right. Troy Brown, Nas Reed combined for 19 of the Wolves' 30 fourth quarter points with Ant on the bench injured, Cat in some foul trouble early in the quarter and, uh, you know, wasn't quite, uh, uh, you know, didn't quite have it offensively in this game. But, I mean, those guys combining for 19 of 30 uh, that the Wolves scored in the fourth quarter was huge. Uh, Duds, eh, I guess I go with the Alexander Walker, the one of seven, three points in 26 minutes. Only two rebounds, a couple of turnovers in those 26 minutes, one of five on threes. Tough night for Alexander Walker, but I mean, the SGA assignment is an impossible one. We've seen Alexander Walker rise to the occasion before, including against SGA in the play-in last year. So it's, you know, it happens, right? Um, And he didn't have that additional cover once Ant got hurt too. Shake Milton had a pretty nondescript game. I don't know that I'd call it a dud game. He only played 12 minutes, four points on one of two shooting, got to the line once, uh, just kind of a meh game from Shake. So I guess Alexander Walker would be my only dud. I want a quick throw up if you're watching on YouTube, throw up the box score stats from this game. Talked about how the Wolves stymied OKC offensively, 41% from the field, 41.1 for OKC. Um, and the Wolves did a good job of like basically saying, hey, if you're going to beat us, it's going to have to be SGA. I mean, Chet had 16. Chet Holmgren took 20 shots in this game. I mean, 16, 8, and 6 in that big three late in the game for Chet Holmgren. Yeah, that's great. Took him 20 shots to get his 16 points. Um, SGA had 32. Nobody else had more than 10 points for the Thunder. Giddy had 10. Jalen Williams had 10. And Case uh, uh, and Wallace off the bench had 10 as well. So a a good defensive job again by the Wolves. I mean, 41.1% from the field for OKC, only 11 of 30 on threes, which isn't a bad number. It's 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 what, 37%, 36.7% uh, to be precise. They were coming into the, into the game shooting a league best 40% from three as a team. Turnovers were an issue for Minnesota, especially early. Uh, they did take advantage of the size, and you can see that here. They were plus 15 on the glass, but they didn't quite make up for it. Uh, 
by you know scoring on the second chance opportunities enough and not running quite enough in transition. In fact, for the game, OKC actually had uh, nine fast break points. The Wolves only had five fast break points in this game. So that was it's another thing I continue to harp on. The Wolves need to be better in transition. Um, more so on the offensive side this year than the defensive side. The, the transition defense has improved dramatically from last year. Um, again, the Wolves were did a better job than their opponents in terms of fouling. Uh, OKC committed six more fouls in this game. Again, the Wolves up 15 on the glass. Turnovers cropping up again. I, I'm not super concerned about that. I'd be more concerned about the, uh, the lack of transition offense because this team has been so offensively challenged for so much of the season so far uh, than anything else. But... Yeah, I mean, in general, that's a you know a pretty good. Oh, I guess I should also mention I don't have this on the graphic, but points in the paint, the Wolves are actually a minus four points in the paint, which you wouldn't expect against a team that is significantly smaller as OKC is compared to the Wolves. Um, but you know, uh, it's it's notable, I guess. And part of that was Ant went out midway through the third quarter. Cat didn't have his best game, and OKC is a good defensive team, right? Chet still impacts the game in the paint, and they have good perimeter defenders as well with SGA and Dort and some of these other guys. Like that, it's a good defensive team for OKC, and that that's a big reason for it. So again, I'll, I'll end the podcast how I started it. This was not an issue of bad offense from either team. Both teams were good enough offensively. This was just A-plus NBA caliber, playoff caliber, quite frankly, defense from both the Thunder and the Timberwolves a gem of a game on a Tuesday night in November, which uh, you know we haven't said much of here the last few years or really ever watching NBA basketball in November, right? This felt like a playoff game. Um, and here's so, like, I'm looking forward already to the next three Wolves, Wolves OKC games here upcoming. Of course, the Wolves are out of the in-season tournament because of the point differential stuff, even though they finished three and one in their group. So they will not play, you know, they will not advance to the in-season tournament, but um, still an extremely fun game. Um, and, can't wait for Wolves Thunder. I think the next one is like the day after Christmas or something in OKC, Wolves Thunder. So um, anyway, that's all we have for you today here on the show. Of course, a big thank you to those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow an X at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, CK. Yet. A reminder that Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. That's on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus the national shows that we have that cover every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.